Viking 360, Episode 6. I'm Brian Johnson, along with Mike Rubin. Our show this week features the most prolific score in the history of Ripley High basketball, a story of a late man with sharp pencils and a generous supply of bubblicious gum, the Ripley senior who gives a cheer for the Vikings, and the leader of the future RHS athletes on the wrestling mat. All that more coming up on Viking 360. He scored an incredible 2,237 career points for Viking basketball, averaging 23.5 points per game over a four-year career. His career took him to Brigham Young University and to Italy. We chased him down in the Sunshine State of Florida. Welcome back to Viking 360. I'm joined now by all-time leading scorer of Viking hoops, Chase Fisher. Chase, good to talk to you, man. Thanks for taking the time. Good to talk to you, Brian. Glad to uh, – always good to talk to the fans and to uh, and to talk to you, my man. So what's been going on with you, man? We haven't seen you for a while. Give us uh, – bring us up to speed on uh, what's uh, in Chase Fisher's life right now. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been off the grid for a while. That's the kind of the guy I am. I've disappeared for a little bit. But I'm down in Tampa, Florida, and I'm in I, I'm in real estate uh, right now. I started about eight or nine months ago. Um, and before that, I was actually living back in Jackson County in Kenna and uh, was running some some uh, basketball lessons out of the Rock facility in Kenna. So yeah, I've uh, I've found a couple new passions in life. I've been traveling. I've been uh, I've went through some life changes, but uh, overall life is great. Cannot complain. Tell me about your time here at Ripley or the listeners about your time here at Ripley, Chase. I remember when you and your brother came in and your dad and uh, how much excitement there was around the basketball mm-hmm. program then and just how hard you guys worked. Like I saw how hard the Fishers mm-hmm. worked at their craft, but, you know, a lot of the listeners maybe just saw the box scores or heard the games mm-hmm. on the radio or came to the health center and watched. Uh, talk about the time that you and your dad and your brother put into it. Yeah, no, I think you couldn't have summed it up better, Brian. It's uh, everybody. Everybody in this world, especially, likes to look at the result of uh, of what's happening and wants to. That's all they focus on is how many points you score, or how many wins it is, or what accolades you get. But you know, I was so bl- I'm so blessed to have a father like my dad, my brother, and I, and and even to have a brother like Noah. It's uh, they he wanted us to enjoy the journey, and even though there was accolades and box scores and there was wins and losses. Through it all, we really worked hard, and I dedicated my life to my craft. And uh, there wasn't a lot of football games. There wasn't a lot of dances. There wasn't a lot of weekends. Um, there was a lot of time in the gym. And I know, you know, we shared a lot of time together, Brian, and you kind of knew what went into it. Um, and it was definitely you got to dedicate your life to it. And I still – that's the big thing I try to get, you know, over to kids is how much time it takes to really perfect your craft and to take it – to the next level so um yeah if that's if the, any word of advice stay in the gym and enjoy the journey that's and that's definitely what my dad kind of taught us I think one thing I took away from it watching you guys was the joy that you got out of it Chase especially not just necessarily like the 54 point game against Parkersburg or uh some of the the higher scoring games but maybe some of the games where you maybe had an off shooting night and you mm-hmm. hit a bucket to win it and just what a battle it was, or maybe you got a big assist to, to Cody or mm-hmm. whoever uh, yeah. to, to get a, put a game away. The mm-hmm. joy that you guys got out of that was always something that, that really struck me. And when mm-hmm. you mentioned the journey uh, yeah. to me, that's what, it, what it, what it's all about. 
Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. And I still think back on a lot of these memories and a lot of the down moments that um, that really helped me grow and how much I enjoyed the process. And Brian, you saw a lot of it with with our teams throughout the years of a lot of disappointing losses we had or or even just bad performances that we gutted out and how good that feels. Um, and I still remember that. I mean, that was the biggest thing for me that I took in even now. I don't think about how many points that I scored or how many points my brother scored or what what even the wins and losses were. That was very important. But really, it's about those moments uh, for me. And, and I took I've actually grown a lot in life because of that now that I can reflect on it. And um, so, yeah, those 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 are the moments that a lot of people shy away from. But you know, I've kind of learned to, uh, you know, to, to embrace those moments. And I think, yeah, that's what uh, you could ask Derek or Cody Miller or my brother, or the Parsons brothers, all of them. Those are the best moments. And those are the moments you remember, not really the high ones. Um, so looking back, yeah, I would say that those are very important. Talk about your teammates a little bit. You obviously mentioned your brother and Cody and Derek Mullins and, and Seth Parsons. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe you played yeah. with Jared as well, didn't you? Uh, uh, I believe maybe my freshman year. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of connections there to Ripley mm-hmm. and a lot of guys that uh, were kind of unsung, Chase. I mean, I think because you, you know, were, were so highly uh, talked about, mm-hmm. you had some really good teammates and some guys that can mm-hmm. knock some shots down. Derek and Seth in particular, a couple of guys that uh, were pretty adept at knocking down shots from the perimeter. Yeah, no doubt. Derek and, and we actually had dinner with Seth a few weeks ago. He lives north of Tampa. So we've, I've uh, been talking to him a ton, and we were kind of reminiscing as well. But, yeah, Seth Parsons, Derek Mullins. I mean, a guy like Nick Barnett, who you – I mean, we could knock down shots, but for my, my senior year in 2011 with Derek and Cody Miller, you know, that guy, I mean, he was the unsung hero. He set picks. He rebounded. He did all the little things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there were so many guys. There was a lot of good – Kyle Harpold was another good example. He was a stud. Um, so yeah, and I think, yeah, those guys were so important and I I don't think for a second, you know, me or even my brother who, you know, scored some points and was kind of a focal point offensively, not for a minute. And I don't think any of my teammates would ever say that I think that was a one man show or whatever it was. I had such good teammates and, and they really were, they're still friends to me this day. And a lot of the coaches and a lot of the people around the program. So, um, I was blessed to have great teammates at Ripley and honestly, Ripley's the best basketball that I've ever played and the best and the most fun that I've had because of those guys so yeah I mean you can't you can't beat that I had absolutely great teammates all four years talk about that for a minute Chase because you guys uh, didn't grow up Ripley guys you're from the Mm -hmm. Sissonville area uh, but you made your way to Ripley uh, when Mm -hmm. you were a freshman your brother was an incoming junior what does Ripley mean to you? I know I've had the, the conversations with you in the past, but it'd be cool if uh, the listeners could could hear mm-hmm. just how passionate you are about Ripley High. Oh man, yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I actually went in sixth or seventh grade, no sixth grade. I went to Ripley for one year, and that's when I kind of knew Jackson County is a special place, and especially Ripley, because all the guys I was friends with, you know, in sixth grade, I left for two years and came back as a ninth as a freshman. And they were so cool to me, and everybody was so awesome. And, uh, yeah, Ripley High means the world to me. And I uh, I always speak so highly of – not even just basketball. It's not about that, but it's just a great place to grow up. I love Jackson County, and I will probably be in ja- – I, I want to die in Jackson County, quite honestly, because I love where we live out in Kenna. And uh, I'm very passionate about the land, the people. You know, and the people at Ripley High are so good. There's so many – I mean, just good quality folks um, that made my time very, very special. So, you know, the listeners, I think for everybody, it's not even about basketball. And that's why I think looking back at when I'm 25 years old now, 
I wish I would have soaked in just how good of an environment Ripley was and how good and wholesome of a place it is to grow up. And then you add some sports into it, which uh, which I had a blast and enjoyed a lot. So, yeah, Ripley High is very near and dear to my heart in Jackson County, especially. I have so much love and will always love that place. Yeah, the older you get, those things will kind of sink into mm-hmm. you. And, you know, as an old guy myself now, I kind of yeah. – I, you know, I really reminisce myself with my brother and, and we talk about yeah. how blessed we were to have the opportunity to play under Coach mm-hmm. Marino and play at Ripley High School. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you left Ripley, uh, Chase, we had a similar path. We both went mm-hmm. to a school and then transferred. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I know you had good times at Wake and I know yeah. you had good times at BYU. Just talk mm-hmm. about uh, the times there and kind of how difficult it was to transition yeah. again uh, to another school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you said, yeah, we've talked about this a lot, Brian, and we did. And you've you helped me a lot through the process of just being a friend and always a mentor there and kind of a guiding voice. You and my dad, quite honestly, and Coach Harmon, um, and because it, it's a tough process, you know how it is. You've got to uproot yourself. And you know, I'm a small town guy from West Virginia. From um, you know, I was born in Florida, but I was raised in West Virginia since I was three. So you know, I went to you know Wake Forest initially, which was a big ACC school and a lot of pressure. And you know, I had a good high school career and. You know, I think I I, let, I went with my ego a little bit and went to a bigger school that just wasn't as good of a fit, you know, skill-wise. And it was the toughest thing I ever had to do. That was probably the moment I kind of went from a boy to somewhat of a man when, you know, I had to go in and talk to five very professional coaches who were very intimidating, very intelligent, and very good men and tell them I don't want to play for their team anymore. So it was it was such a difficult time in my life, honestly. And I had a lot of lows that a lot, a lot of people that weren't close to me. And, you know, Brian, you probably know a little bit. It was, it was a tough time for me, very tough, because I haven't had a lot of adversity. But, um, you know, I think I made such a good choice in going to BYU. It's uh, I look at BYU as I do with my time at Ripley, just good people, you know, didn't always, you know, had a great team, never got over the hump. We made it to the tournament one year, and I had a really good two years there. But um, just did it the right way. You know, BYU is a class place. And, you know, I had kind of researched my career. and But it was tough, Brian. I'll tell you this. And, you know, when you have to sit out for one year and not play college basketball and just go to school and, you know, you your purpose is kind of stagnated a little bit. And you have to – I had for one year, I kind of went in solitude in, in Utah, a foreign place with a, a foreign religion and a foreign people. And, uh, and I worked. And I got back to the drawing board and uh, – so the whole process has humble, humbled me. It had a lot of highs, a lot of lows, and uh, I, I've def- my pro- the process was definitely tough of college basketball, and I learned a lot of things the hard way. But, yeah, I, I couldn't have asked for a better career in totality. It's, uh, I've, I've been really blessed. Then after that, Chase, you spent some time overseas, and you and I have talked mm-hmm. just how difficult and different that was. You mm-hmm. alluded to the ownership over there in some cases, mm-hmm. almost like mob boss type m- mentality. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk about how difficult that was as a uh, small town guy uh, being yeah. overseas trying to play basketball with uh, in a different country. You don't speak the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a totally different mindset. Yeah, it was it was difficult, and there was a mob like mentality, and maybe that was a little bit of reality as well. I didn't stick at, around long enough to find out, but um, yeah, it was it was a tough situation. It was good. I was getting paid to play basketball. You know, I. You have no expenses. You're carefree. I got to see a lot of the world that I never would have seen through basketball and in Italy. I mean, it was amazing. I got to see some some really cool places, and I traveled a lot, and I, it definitely made me more worldly. But, you know, my roots are in West Virginia and the South and in West Virginia. So, 
you know, my heart was kind of calling me back and it, it was difficult. It's hard to be away from your family. It's, I, I could do it. I wasn't really homesick, but, um, it's just a grind. It was a grind. And I realized that my passion for basketball kind of faltered a little bit. And anytime I'm not all in on something, it's, uh, it's time to move on. So yeah, my time in Italy was good. I'm glad I played professionally for a little bit and tried it out. Just wasn't for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, it was a cool process and throughout it all, I think it's, it's kind of made me into the man I am today. So I'm glad I could kind of go through the whole process and take it to the highest level that I could take it. And, uh, and I'm at peace with it. So it was, it was, it was a very, very good time in my life, but also a lot of changes. So, so, so at 25, I think Chase, you are 25, mm-hmm. maybe 26. Yes, sir. 25. Have, have you had a minute to just sit back and reflect on your accomplishments in the sport and where it took you in life is I heard you mm-hmm. talk about it a little bit, but has it really hit you yet? Or is that something you think by the time you're my age, it may sink in a little better? Um, it has hit me in some ways. I think, I think I'm still in the mode of, you know, I'm not really thinking about that. You know me, Brian, I've never been a big guy. I can kind of fall off the face of the earth and come back. And I, I just, for me, I'm focused, so focused and living present and got a lot of new goals and a lot of new exciting things um, in my life. So it's, it's, I have not looked back yet, but my dad's starting to, and we talk a little bit, and I kind of get the gravity of how, how big it was and how, how far I took my career. And, um, yeah, all the accomplishments and the accolades and whatever, that really doesn't mean anything to me. I think the relationships that I made and, and the journey and the work and the suffering and, and really giving up you know, today's pleasures for way down the road maybe being rewarded. And uh, that to me is priceless because I learned a lot of life lessons through it. So I, I think I've reflected in that since, Brian, if that answers the question, that I, it's definitely humbled me. And I get emotional thinking about how many people I met and the relationships and the sadness and the happiness and just how cool it was. It was a very – I had a great career, and basketball has been a great sport to me. Um, but I think in a couple more years, it, I kind of will sink in. And it does for me now. That's why I love Ripley so much. You know, I love I'm all about Jackson County is because, man, it was a great place. Basketball helped me and and that county helped me and Ripley and all the people in Ripley. And so you do get an appreciation for the relationship. So looking back on it, I think, uh, yeah, I'll get a little bit more self-reflective as I hit probably when I hit 30. Give me five more. Years. <laughs> well, trust me when I tell you the Viking Nation reflects on it. And it was a great time uh, in our program's history. And, and we're just so thankful for the Fishers. We appreciate the efforts you guys uh, put forth to help this program and further this program, Chase. And we hope you'll come back, man. We miss seeing you in the health center and we hope to see you there soon. Absolutely. I I will be back very soon and hopefully I can get out and catch a game. All right, Chase. Thanks for the time, man. You have been listening to the all time leading scorer in Viking basketball, Chase Fisher. He always knew the score and he had a familiar book to prove it. It's time to learn more about the late George Thompson. Our guest on Viking 360 is Terry Landis. As a player, Terry was the 1968 Athlete of the Year at Ripley High. As a coach at Ripley, he was connected with several programs. Most notably, he was the head coach of Lady Viking Basketball for several seasons. Since retiring, he has been involved with the Ripley Athletic Boosters and is the past president of the Ripley High Alumni Association. He's speaking with us today about his late friend, Mr. George Thompson. So, Terry, tell us uh, how you developed a long-time friendship with George Thompson. 
Well, first of all, Mike, thanks for asking me to talk about George because he was a very special person in my life, in my family's life, in the community. I don't really remember how I met George or when I met George. It's like I always knew him once I came back to the county after I graduated from West Virginia Westland. And I think uh, I don't have one single moment, but um, I know that I knew him through basketball. Um, then we both were teachers at Ripley Middle School, and uh, we taught together for almost 15 years. And that was when we cemented our relationship even to the point where he was my assistant coach with the girls for two years because no one else would do it. And George would because that's the kind of person he was with the kids at Ripley High School or Ripley Middle School. Anything they needed, he would do it for them. That's an excellent draw to our next question. Uh, and fans, on your next visit to the gymnasium, at Ripley High, you'll notice that the official score, scores table at the gym bears George George's name. And Terry, tell us how that took place. Well, when George passed away, I, I and several other people felt like we needed to do something to recognize what George had done for Ripley High School in terms of athletics. No, he wasn't a player. He would tell you that he wasn't an outstanding coach, but he was a supporter. And he also kept score at Ripley High School for the boys, the girls, uh, middle school games, midget league games for over 30 years and never received a penny for it. Did it out of the kindness of his heart and his love for basketball and for the kids here in, in Ripley. So I just felt like we needed to do something for him. And when he passed away, a fund was established uh, through the athletic boosters. Um, we received some very generous donations on behalf of George and um, the plans were made to, to, we needed a new scores table panels anyway and they were going to be replaced but it just seemed fitting that they were named after George and Mr. Hasselfluke, the principal at the time, was on board with the idea. The athletic boosters were on board with it and uh, we just went with it and it turned out great and it looks great and it's fitting for George. I would, I would certainly agree. And Terry, George did not grow up in the Ripley community, but it was definitely a, a fixture around Viking basketball in terms of uh, he always brought gum for everyone and he would take <laughs> snacks on the away trips. But tell us, what was George like as the longtime official scorer for Ripley High School basketball? Well, for one thing, he took no nonsense from, from anyone. He was by the book, uh, always accurate, would never use pens, although I often teased him about, well, George, if you're so good at keeping score, why can't you use a pen? But um, he was always on top of things, and he knew people from the other teams who were scorekeepers, and... Um, they all knew George and he always had some kind of treat for the team as you said but also for the scorekeepers it wasn't was uh, very common for him to bring a big bowl of candy a jar of candy or whatever or his famous George's fudge and people loved him and they loved his fudge they loved his fudge that's true and now in addition to having the scores table there is a 
the Lady Vikings uh, holiday basketball tournament is known as the George Thompson Invitational. What are your thoughts on that? Well, when John Kennedy um, wanted to run that through and to name that after George, I, I was really just almost in tears because to me it's a lasting monument to someone who was not from Ripley. He grew up in Beckley. Um, he just got a teaching job here when he graduated from West Virginia Tech. That's how he got here. And he wasn't even sure when he started in the county, but he taught here over 30 years. Um, but John uh, Kennedy, as I said, brought forth the idea, well, let's pay a tribute to Mr. Thompson. And I was all for it. I thought it was a great idea. His family was so, so uh, just ecstatic about George's name being remembered. Because that's one thing that I, I think was important in George's life. He wanted to be remembered. And it wasn't like it was a passion or anything, but um, it, it, he would have been very pleased with it. And his family, they were just floored by how great everybody treated them, how all the stories that people told about George, uh, the memories that they had. And um, I, I'm just glad to see it continue, and I hope it continues for forever on his behalf. And this year, the George Thompson Invitational Tournament includes uh, the Polka Dots taking on the Roan County Raiders and the Capitol Cougars taking on the Lady Vikes in round one on Friday, December 28th. The Consolation and Championship Games will follow on Saturday, December 29th. And the tournament will also include a junior varsity teams. Terry Landis, thank you for joining us on this podcast of Viking 360. It was my pleasure, Mike, anytime. And the Viking basketball team will tip off their own tournament on Friday evening. Huntington St. Joe, Calvary Baptist, and Point Pleasant will come to Ripley for Viking holiday hoops. Not to be confused with Luke Basketball Parsons, Here's a conversation with Luke Wrestling Parsons. We're talking wrestling on Viking 360 with the coach at Ripley Middle School, Mr. Luke Parsons, a 2010 graduate of Ripley High. Coach Parsons was a standout on the mats for the Vikings. He was a three-time state tournament placer, finishing as high as third place, despite the fact that he was hobbled by injuries during his senior season. Coach, bring us up to date first on that. How many years you have been coaching wrestling, and how is the current season progressing for the middle school Vikings? Oh gosh, I've probably been coaching for close to eight years now. I did a little bit of uh, high school, helping out with Matt, and then I took over as the assistant coach under Ronnie Mullins. Me and Ronnie Mullins took it over a couple years ago. Um, and then last year, Ronnie had to step back for some time constraints, so I took over as head coach, and I've been head coach last year and this year. Um, as far as the team, we're doing pretty good. We've got a lot of uh, newer guys to the middle school program, a lot of sixth graders coming up through. Um, and it's, it's going well. They're progressing from, you know, when we first wrestled on December 1st till now, they've progressed a lot. They've come a long way, and it's, it's nice to see the progression. I think they're going to continue to do that, and it's going to continue to do well, I think. And Luke, why did you decide that this is how you wanted to devote your spare time to the wrestling program? Well, I, when I started out, when I was looking at the program, um, you know, Matt needed a little bit of help at the high school level. Um, as far as other coaches coming in, it was just him and Franklin Howerton at the time, and they needed someone else to come in and kind of wrestle with the guys. 
And then when I took over the middle school, you know, there was there wasn't really a whole lot of kids in the program at the time. It was real low on numbers, and I was starting to hurt the high school with their participation. So I wanted to come in and kind of get the numbers back up and help get the kids kind of high school ready. And you know, I've I've been in this sport for a long time. Gosh, near almost 20 years of wrestling with midget league and middle school and high school and college. And you know, I, I felt like it was kind of my duty for as much as this program's given me to kind of help give back. You know. And Luke, perhaps you just answered this, but as the coach of the feeder program at Ripley High, what is your goal on the middle school level? On the middle school level, I want to make sure that these kids are, you know, they're, they're going through puberty a little bit, they're starting to mature a little bit, they're starting to grow into their bodies and their minds, and, you know, part of my goal is I want to make sure that these kids turn into good kids, good, solid gentlemen, and you know, or gentlewomen, however you want to say it. And, I, you know, I want to make sure they're they're good, solid people first. I think that's my main goal is to make sure they're they got good character, they've got good morals. You know, they're just they're good kids. And then secondly, you know, I want to prepare them to, to win now as far as the middle school level, but also want to prepare them to win high school because the main goal is state championships as a team level and as an individual. And you know, I, I want to make sure I'm doing what I can to make sure that. They, they're winning now at the middle school level, they're winning Z's, they're winning Wood Counties, all these tournaments we go to, but they're also winning state titles because I think that's that's the ultimate goal that these kids have is to get their hand raised in the middle and get their, their face on a banner up here around the room as a state champion, so I want to help them get that. I heard someone say that it takes a certain mentality to be a successful wrestler. Some people would say that wrestling simply is not for everyone. You're out on that mat and it's one-on-one. -on -one. I think I always tell my kids, you know, there's two things you need when you wrestle. You need a hardworking mentality, and you need to be competitive. Um, you know, you said it yourself. It's it's one on one when you're out there on the mat, so it's you need to be extremely competitive. You need to want to win every time you step out there. And I think, you know, I always tell my kids, anytime they drill, anytime they run sprints, anytime that you know they're just wrestling live in practice, they need to they need to want to win every single day. If you're trying to win every sprint, if you're trying to win every drill, if every time you get taken down in practice you get mad, you get up and you're ready to take that guy down better, like I think that helps you progress as far as the sport goes. I think you need that kind of mentality. And then, you know, I also tell my kids hard work trumps talent every day of the week. You know, we wrestle against kids from, you know, Blair Hassett Middle School, the high school wrestlers, you know, Parkersburg South, Parkersburg, kids that have been in the program since they could walk. And we got a lot of guys that that aren't like that. You know, a couple of them are Greg Medina and David Hicks. You know, they, they took a lot of years off. Greg didn't wrestle forever, but, you know, they come out in high school and they work hard and all of a sudden they're state placers or state champs. And I think, you know, that's something I took from Matt as a coach and I'm trying to put that in the middle school kids that if you work your butt off every single day, like you'll beat these kids that wrestle forever. It's, it's entirely possible. And, and Coach, you have been uh, part of an outstanding wrestling uh, tradition here at Ripley High. I know that over a 10-year period, Ripley has one of the top three programs in AAA, according to uh, WV Mad. But how are things shaping up for the future of Viking wrestling? I think right now the future is in a really good place. I think we have, you know, the Midget League under Ty Phelan is, is firing all cylinders right now. Um, the middle school, I like to think it's firing all cylinders. The high school is, Matt's one of the best coaches in the state, I, in my opinion. And I think, you know, all three programs, we're all on the same page, we're working together, we have we have plans in place to all help each other, and I think, you know, if, if looking at a program, you know, from top to bottom, 
you know, there's a reason why teams like South are where they are, and they've got a good middle school, they got a good midget league, and I think that's something that's it's when I was in school, it was in a good place, and I think the last couple of years it's slacked off a little bit. But I think now we're finally we've got guys in the right place. We're all on the same page, working together, and I think it's uh, I think the future is bright for the program. And Luke, the uh, high school Vikings will be headed south this weekend to wrestle some of the state's uh, best uh, small school wrestlers in, in Greenbrier West along with uh, Beckley Woodward Wilson. You have a, a tournament coming up uh, after Christmas up at uh, Blennerhassett, but uh, we would like to wish you good luck Thanks, in that great tournament. You. And we'd like to thank you for spending your time with us and good luck with your season at Ripley Middle School. Thanks, it's been a blessing to be on the show. She's an athlete, and she does it with enthusiasm. Here's a conversation with Viking cheerleader Bethany Johnson. Welcome back to this segment of Viking 360. I'm joined now by the Viking head cheerleader and also my niece, Bethany Johnson. Bethany, thanks for taking the time out to uh, talk with us today. Oh, no problem. Hey, tell me, uh, or let the, the listeners know just how difficult it is as a cheerleader. You guys, especially this time of year, are really maxed out schedule-wise with, with girls and boys basketball both going on. You guys are typically at the gym two or three nights a week. How difficult is that for you uh, as a cheerleader and then also as a student? Well, especially this week, it's finals week, so it's hard to study for all your classes and have those practices almost every day of the week. But I think the support of all the girls and the support of our coaches has really helped us out. And, of course, the support of our parents who – constantly drive us and uh, do just about everything they can for us so that we can work as well as we can with the time that we have. How much more uh, responsibility do you have as the head cheerleader uh, as opposed to just being a regular member of the squad? Well, honestly, I have a really good squad and they help me out as much as I can, as much as they can. And um, basically they make my job just about as easy as it could be. I don't think I could do it without them. And, yes, I would say I have a bit more responsibility than if I would as just a regular member. But with their support and with their help, it honestly, it couldn't be any easier. Now, you guys, uh, the fans see you on Friday nights for football games, and they see you out on the floor uh, during the basketball games. But a lot more goes into it than what meets the eye and, and what most people realize. Uh, you guys are athletes. Cheerleading is a sport just like uh, any other. Uh, tell us, I know you have uh, also uh, meets and things as well where you compete. Give us an inside uh, look at uh, what it's like for you guys uh, to jump from sport to sport and then also focusing on your sport. Well, luckily this year we got to take a bye year with competition. But in previous years it has been extremely difficult to try to um, transfer from uh, football cheer state of mind to a cheering for basketball state of mind I mean basically you have to change every single word and every single cheer you have to learn new dances you have to teach the new ones while you're working for competition which competition is always around this time in fact the um, states just happened and if we wouldn't have had this by year then we would have been doing that at the same time and we just got new coaches too so we would have been working with that so I'm really thankful that we got that by year off 
But next year, the girls are going to have to work really, really hard, and I'm going to come back and help them as much as I can to go to go through those transitions from football to competition to basketball. Talk about that. It takes a, a toll on your body too, Bethany. I mean, uh, I know you had a uh, beginning in gymnastics as a as a young lady, and uh, that carried over into uh, cheerleading for you. But I know it has to have an effect on you. Uh, just like all other sports, your body starts to wear down as the seasons wear on. Yes, it definitely does. And I was a gymnast since I was um, two years old, and I can definitely see a difference that it has had on my body. Yes, it has made me physically fit and physically active, but whenever you're 17 years old and you wake up with back pain (laughs) and you're popping your wrists every time you tumble, it's kind of rough, especially – tumbling on that basketball floor it's hard and the pounding the constant pounding is definitely a toll on your body and a lot of gymnasts and cheerleaders end up having arthritis and issues in their late 20s early 30s Bethany I know what it's like to to get that rush as a player in football or basketball but I know you guys have to get that same rush when you got a good game going on maybe you're playing Ravenswood or someone where the the gymnasium is packed that has to be a, a, a high for you guys as well. Uh, yes, it definitely is. It's definitely thrilling to have the whole um, community just sitting there cheering for you, cheering with you, and especially whenever it's a close game or whenever the Vikings are really, you know, <laughs> doing a whipping on the other mm-hmm. team. It's honestly, it's exhilarating to just have the whole, the whole town of Ripley and others just sitting there cheering you on and helping you cheer for these teams and I it's I honestly have no other feeling to compare well I know there's a lot more to you than just cheerleading you're a brilliant young lady you're very smart academic wise give us a thought uh, of of where what you're wanting to do once you graduate from Ripley High School and uh, and where where you are in the class right now because I know you're finishing uh, somewhere up near the top Yeah, I'm not exactly sure where I am ranked, but I do know that I've worked very hard for my past four years, and I've kept straight A's. I've kept my grades up despite um, having practices and all of that. I've always kept my grades really well, and I think that has prepared me for after high school because as of now, I'm planning on furthering my um, cheerleading career at the University of Charleston. And I plan on double majoring in political science and psychology to later become an international defense attorney. And I also plan to um, join the Air National Guard while while I am in Charleston uh, getting my college degree. And then after that, I plan on going into the Air Force as an officer and um, furthering out my career with that. As a JAG attorney, correct? Hopefully. Yes. Have you really, has that sunk in with you yet? I know you're still uh, fairly young and, uh, you know, those goals and aspirations are uh, very much achievable for you. Anyone that knows you knows how intelligent you are uh, and how driven you are. But uh, those are some lofty goals. And I know uh, that's something that you're going to go after just as hard as you possibly can. Um, Yeah, it took a while to really settle in. I feel like just recently it has, honestly, because these are all decisions that you have to make 
pretty much within a couple months and you don't really realize it until you know starting second semester of your senior year you don't realize oh my life's about to take a drastic turn I need to make these decisions and stick with them and that's I I honestly plan to do it I know it's going to be a lot of hard work but I feel like if I put my brain to it I can do it so your sister is getting ready to graduate from Fairmont your dad and I both graduated from Ripley High School you are going to rank right up there with my mom and and your nana as we call her as far as uh where you graduate within your class Uh, mom actually graduated the salutatorian and uh you're the uh next johnson that's going to carry on that education uh, part of ripley high school and we're very proud of you you have done tremendous you've worked really hard at it and uh you know just enjoy your spoils here in the last semester of high school I will. Thank you. Bethany, thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Ripley Head Cheerleader, Bethany Johnson. Just like that colorful new tie under the tree, that's going to be a wrap for this edition of Viking 360. If you like what you've heard, please hit the subscribe button and turn on your notifications so you will be notified at each episode as released. Again, Merry Christmas. And we'll see you around. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas!